Hey everyone, welcome to episode 29 of X to Interact. I'm your host, Steven. I'm here with Eric. Hello. And our friend, Gaff. Hi. And we're here to talk to you about gaming news. Now, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter to know what we're up to at X to Interact underscore. And we're on every podcast service known to man, as well as YouTube. And YouTube, you know, you get cool video references that we put in there. So if you're only an audio listener, be sure to check that out, because we usually have some cool stuff in there. Uh, This week, we are talking about our Battlefield 2042 impressions. Sora's finally here in Smash. And some Metroid Dread impressions, a little bit of extra things. We'll also have a main topic, but I'll keep you guys in the wings for that. Uh, But first, I want to ask you both. Will you still be gaming after the age of 65? And if you're going to be gaming after the age of 65, what do you think you'll be playing? Hmm. Sure. Well, I will be. Yeah, I will be gaming after sixty-five because you're gonna pry that controller off my fucking dead hands. That's for sure. <laughs> but uh, what I'll be gaming? I don't know. That's a good question. Like, it depends. Like, what's around that time? Like, that's gonna be years from now, obviously. But like, maybe I'm hoping like, I don't know. They figure out some way, like, like Sword Art Online, basically. Like, you put a helmet on and like you're in the actual game. I want something like that. I guess I don't know. Because I feel like controllers are gonna. Well, I don't. I don't know if they're gonna go away exactly, but like I feel like in my head, like oh, it's gonna be the year twenty whatever the fuck. We're gonna be in the future and have all this futuristic tech. It's like Ready Player One, again, right? Exactly. But then again, I thought we would have like flying cars by now as a kid. So who the fuck knows? Yeah, I think when you when you get older, you just start to realize that flying the practicality of a flying car, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, we already have enough trouble keeping the damn cars not hitting each other on land, so... For sure. Uh, I was, I was like, hoping that hoverboards would actually be a thing, because Sonic Riders, that fucking game was, like... Right? Having, that game was so fucking fun as a kid, and I was like, oh, uh, man, I can't wait for the future for this stuff to happen, and I'm like, no, that's not, that's not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> uh, how about you, Gaff? What, what do you think? Yeah, I'll play games as long as they keep making them, as long as they keep being fun. But who knows what games, again, look like in, what, 40 years? Yeah. Like, I feel like movies have figured out their groove because they're pretty old. But games are very, very new as an entertainment medium, comparatively. Yeah, it's just going to be holograms. Is it? Or, yeah, I have no idea, man, so... I feel like that's a pretty arbitrary question, but I'll try to keep playing games as long as I can. <laughs> <laughs> it's meant to make you think, right? Like, hey, will we, will we be in haptic, haptic suits? Or, you know, maybe we'll be fighting over resources like savages because sometimes the world sucks. But Because we'll all be underwater in four right? years. <laughs> Speaking of uh, future, Battlefield 2042. Now... I I played probably four or five matches throughout, uh, but I wanted to kind of talk about that with... Uh, did you play any gaff? I played one half-hour match. Okay. Now, I know it's not a, a huge sampling, but I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on, like, this one versus uh, previous entries, and probably most comparatively, like, four, right? Um... How does it stack up? So my Battlefield experience only encompasses Battlefield 3. Oh, way back three. In the okay. And then I played a, a lot of Battlefield 1. And I really, really like both those games. Um, I have a blast playing them. And I love like the teamwork aspect, which is, I guess, like as a core core tenant of the whole Battlefield franchise. The yeah. teamwork... All- Roles and just how massive the maps are, and the fact that you have sixty-four players, um, all trying to achieve one one objective, like that's awesome. And now we're in Battlefield twenty forty-two with twice the amount of players, and I am I'm very I'm very underwhelmed. Yeah, uh, that was kind of my takeaway. Um, so I after the first match. 
and they're they're kind of lengthy, right? Uh, oh, I felt yeah. whelmed, and and I'll explain, right? Okay. Not under or over, um, because there were some truly impressive things that are happening on the screen when you're playing the game, right? Um, yeah. You dive from the suit. I think there was like a squirrel suit, but I couldn't get it to work. Was there? I never did. I just kept I, parachuting. I thought, yeah, I just kept parachuting, and I thought there was like a squirrel suit, and I was trying to figure that out, but. Diving out of a, a plane into the thing was really cool. Uh, or if you get up in top, they had one, the rocket, right? Where they're setting up, like you can zip line all the way up to this thing at the very top. And usually there's some, some ass hat with a sniper up there, right? So you beat the shit out of him. And then you, first, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to jump off this thing because I want to see how cool it is. Um, it was awesome but those are not what i come to battlefield for necessarily right like that's the fucking around part but and that's where i said like okay i'm i'm kind of overwhelmed and as far as like an audio visual kind of thing it looked great it sounded awesome and it kind of felt good but i want to get to the controls real quick and that's well, where it well, starts. Hold, on, hold on hold on it it looks great i think so when it works okay there are there are plenty of visual bugs in this beta, and I get it. It's a beta. That's the point. But I'm just saying what I saw. And lots of flickering shadows and uh, bodies just like spasming through other solid objects. Um, now, you played on the Series S for reference, correct? Series X. X. Okay. Now, yeah. on, arguably on that one, you shouldn't have that much any performance issues or little, right? It wasn't performance issues. Performance issues. It's I like think visual it was just, bugs. It was like, yeah, part of the game. Like the game just itself wasn't uh, displaying all its beauty, beautiful graphics properly. Okay. Yeah. See, that's a different thing entirely, right? If the optimization versus an actual broken thing. Yeah. Um, I didn't see any of those. Now, of course, I was playing on the one X, right? So the, the lower end of it. Um, Interesting. And I, yeah, I didn't see any of that stuff. And maybe, I don't know, maybe if people are saying uh, just as an off that they need to delay it again, right? Um, what, real quick, I want to get your thoughts on that, but also on the controls um, before we get to that. Uh, the controls for me, it just, it's not, it, it's not what I expected from a Battlefield, man. It was not tight. It was not there. Like, and everything felt no weight. It had no weight. Like I can't explain it in a better way, I guess. But what what do you think? Yeah, it's weird. Um, shooting. Um, I can't. It's nothing spectacular. It's shooting. Yeah. Um, but okay. So when you sprint, I feel like you run really, really fast in this game. Um. And, like, I'm so used to Halo Infinite just, like, clambering over everything and just every object in the game being climbable. And you can't climb shit in Battlefield. You can't even jump over a little rock, it seems. Um, but that's just me being very used to Halo Infinite. But, yeah, so something feels off in, in this game. And I can't quite place my finger on what. And now, they said that this build was at least a few months old. Uh, that's that's their response yeah. to this. And I accept that. I'm willing to give Battlefield the benefit of the doubt. I am too. I I really hope they can tighten in the control. And I think that's really all it is. It just doesn't feel as fluid as I expect it should, if that makes sense. Um, especially after 5, which felt really fluid. Um, and everything felt like it was supposed to and heavy and weighted. And when you, when you take a sniper and you shoot someone, it felt impactful. But for me and my experience in this game, when I try to do it, it feels like I had the cursor where I needed it to. And even with bullet drop, it, it just would never get there. It wouldn't even get close to where I needed it to. And I don't know if that's my bad aiming or net code, but something there just didn't feel right. And I hope they can tune it before, um, Full release, or and, and and to that matter, full release should it be delayed? What do you think? So it's gonna come out in November, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's there's not gonna be a 
I, I don't think there's going to be another beta uh, between this and the release date. So we just really, really have to trust them that this this current build is actually like pretty old and that there are like so many steps ahead in in the current build. Yeah. Uh, ooh, it's, it's, it's a tough call, but I delaying is never a bad thing. No. It's, it's, always, it's always a safer option. So why the hell not? But and here's the thing with the track record in this team, you expect a certain level of pedigree, right? Um, Dice does that thing really well. And when it felt off even a little bit, everyone noticed. So I, I think they should. I really do think they should delay it. Give me a Q1 next year. Even, and that'll be out of the kerfuffle of the other two shooters. So maybe yeah. I'll have a better chance in that spotlight as well. And don't be like last time where they put their freaking property out to die like Titanfall 2. That's all I'm saying. Right. Um, now, apples and oranges, of course, but still a shooter. Still something you need to take into consideration given the market out there. Um, uh, I think that's kind of wrap up my thoughts on it, but I... I have some Um, One... And this this could just be me sitting way too far from the TV, <laughs> but <laughs> I couldn't read anything <laughs> in the UI. Um, everything, all the text was so so small, and the map was like I yeah. I couldn't tell what was on the map. Um, two, I think it was super hard to tell who was an enemy and who was an ally. Um, yeah, I'll everyone looked the same. Everyone's wearing the same like dark green uniform. Mm. Um, so the only way I knew an enemy was like somewhere around me was by trying to find like a red dot on my mini map, which again was super small, but maybe because I was sitting too far from the TV. Um, three. Um, I don't know. I I just really like the meta class in Battlefield One, and like that I could use a syringe to like revive every like down person I could yeah. see. I I love being a support class and. Like again, I only played one match, but can you only revive your squad mates in this new game? I I didn't. No, I think I revived a random person. I okay, if I'm right, I think I went up to someone. If you can only revive your squad mates, that's really dumb. And maybe it was just my squad mates I was reviving. But I feel like I found a number of different people I went up to and revived during it because I really like that. Then, then I guess everyone was just responding too quickly then. Which is a, which is a problem in Battlefield, like right. in of itself. <laughs> yeah, nobody but. asks. Nobody asks for things, but he because nobody usually goes and revives them, and so you end up with this dichotomy of like, ah, well, I don't want to wait for a medic because it's just not going to happen. Well, okay, I'm coming over to res you, but there's not a good way to indicate that, right? Yeah, I, I can't be like, yo, all right, I'll respond to that as a medic. Maybe have that as a prompt, right? Like someone's yeah. calling for a revive. Someone compress it, and you're like, "All right, cool. I'm coming over there." In in Battle in Battlefield One, if you're in your, in your down screen, it would show you how far a medic is from you and like the distance. Yeah. Um, this one doesn't do that. Yeah. Visual things, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just tighten it up. Go ahead. And finally, uh, you, you said apples to oranges. Some some fruit metaphor. <laughs> um, Halo Infinite, right? It's a game that's coming out. It's a shooter, and obviously gonna have similar audiences. Call me biased, but I have way, way, way more fun with Halo Infinite than Battlefield. Right. I'm gonna definitely gravitate towards that. Yeah, and I think that's where you also run because into it's the... free. Right. You run into the tough thing. That's why I said they got to consider their releases. I know we're getting out long on this one, but I do feel it's important to know, like, hey, why not do like a, a staggered Game Pass release or something to boost your player base? Because you have so much competition for arguably a more exciting prospect on on the Halo part, which is free. So... Now, this is, doesn't even take into account Vanguard. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys, like, how do you guys feel with um, this upcoming fall, how we're going to have a new Call of Duty, we're going to have Halo Infinite, and we're going to have, like, Battlefield. I'm, I believe it's sandwiched between the two. And yeah. obviously, Call of Duty also has Warzone, and, which is free to play. 
And Halo's multiplayer is going to be free to play as well. How do you guys think Battlefield is going to fare against that? Being I, a full $70 even, for multiplayer only. I haven't played the Vanguard beta, so that's on you, Steven. I can say definitively, I hate the Vanguard controls. Um, it just is not good, man. It does not... I, don't, I wasn't excited by it, man. I played like four or five matches of the multiplayer beta thing. Um, and I just, I was not impressed. Um, also, it just kind of feels weird to go back to World War II guns, man. Like, again, after being impressed by Modern Warfare's guns and being used to all, like, the niceties, I guess. And maybe that's why it felt not as good, right? These are older guns. They, they operate clunkier. I get that. But then you have that weird thing where you're going back to World War II again. I already wasn't excited about that, and so maybe I'm biased. I'm sure there are people who, who loved World War II, but that's not me. So, I don't know. And I think they're retreading old water. It's kind of looking real good for Halo right now, in my mind. Um, and not so great for the other two. So, I'll take it. You know? Yes. I will take it. It's about damn time. Um, yeah. You know, and never mind the whole muddy bullshit that Activision's in. That is affecting. I do think that puts a lens on things for people. Um, I, yeah, I know, I know we went long, so I'm just going to nix the clever transition I had. <laughs> Sora in Smash, all right? Eric, let's, let's break it down. I'm going to switch over. Give me like two seconds to pull the video up here. And... Eric, this is your spotlight. Go ham. Right here, we have an announcement. So from now on, quick thing, this is now the Kingdom Hearts podcast. This is what you all tuned in for. Uh, tune in next week for our Kingdom Hearts in review where we do all the series because we're all going to play them all this week. Right, guys? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> just listen for our review in Gats, the seven Gats years. Gats doesn't look happy with that joke. <laughs> <laughs> for real, though, like, okay, so... We, we have Soren Smash, and for audio listeners, if you haven't checked out the video, we have the, the announcement video playing. Uh, and they're just doing like the little, the little figurines, right? As they typically do. Yeah. So, when this, so Sakurai, that whole Sakurai presents was a trip, man. Because, first of all, he starts off with the me costumes to get those out of the way. <laughs> and you're like, okay, who gets deconfirmed here? Little do you know, Doom Guy, out the picture. <laughs> yeah. But, um, that was cool. Yeah. Though. Like, this trail, then he's like, okay, well, let's get into the trailer. So you see here, like, all all the characters went to trophies and stuff. And you're like, oh my god. So can you pause the, the video real quick? Yeah, yeah. Let me let me get. So that. I just I just I just want to like explain my my like my thoughts before we go into like the actual reveal. Yeah. So like the entire thing was like going on, and like already it was like pretty emotional because it's already the last Smash character. This is like years of development work about to end right here. Sakurai putting like his heart and soul into this and, and his team, of course. I can't just give it to Sakurai. His team also 100% like, you know, working on that. And um, it like it's just like it's so emotional because it all started with that Smash trailer we saw in 2019 with Inkling looking at the fire. And so like the trailer starts off the same way and it's like it's so beautiful and like going from that to everyone is here to getting crazy reveals like sephiroth banjo fucking ridley ddd or not ddd um uh king k rule uh who else was it? like just a lot of fan f joker in the day before the game comes out like that same night like it's been a wild ride with smash brothers and then just this trailer like was already getting me pretty emotional being like damn this is really it huh but then now you can start the playing again. All right, here we go. It's Mario then, grabbing. Like, then like the light happened. Everyone like you see the fire and everyone's like, oh, the Dark Souls. But then he throws it, and then you see the keychain here, and then uh. me and the collective internet just starts freaking the fuck out because even though we all wanted Sora, it's like a thing where we're like, oh man, it's not gonna happen. Disney's never gonna let it happen. That's so much legal shit they have to go through to get it. But then the keychain and then the beam of light summoning Sora and then the fucking music, man. And you just hey, let me see get a little it. bit I'm, for I'm audio getting, listeners real quick. I'm getting me... kind of emotional right now just thinking about it because I, damn, like let me I was telling you guys in the Discord. I freaked out 
And I was fucking shaking and crying just seeing this happen because I was like, oh my god. Oh my god, it's finally happening. Fucking Sora and Smash. Like, I can't fucking believe what I'm witnessing right now. And it's just... Like... Go, go ahead. I don't know, I... You these were on like the joke rosters that you had, right? Like you're always yeah. like the dream rosters, of course. And yeah, for like, this to finally happen, man, for yeah, for, for sure. so many people, I you know I love Kingdom Hearts, and so that's where I'm coming from the excitement, right? Um, I kind of fell off Smash a little bit, but this maybe maybe get me back in, man. Like we'll see. Yeah, because the music cause though. Sora was. Sora was a character that everyone wanted for years, ever since, like, I'm pretty sure in Melee. And, like, we, we all thought he became a, a meme character at this point. Like, every time a Smash announcement would happen, everyone was like, oh, yeah, it's Sora, right? And then <laughs> it happens, and it's not Sora. Next one, Sora, right? Next one, never happens. Like, at this point, it was like, it's one of those characters, like, where you really want, but you never think it's going to happen. He became, like, almost like Goku at, at that point, because... Yeah. Go Goku's never gonna fucking happen. He's not a video game character. Like, there's any rules in Smash, it's, it has to be that the character originated from a video game. And, like, I never thought it would actually happen because, like I said earlier, Disney was, like, the main holdout. <laughs> and and like, he mentions people... right here, sorry, real quick, his, his, the, the name of the, the company, right, being his name, I, I didn't notice that before. That was just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Zachary's company is Sora Limited, and like, yeah. it, it's such. There, there's so much thing about this announcement that's so fucking beautiful. Like you said, like Sora Limited is the fucking Sakurai's company. Sora's name in Japanese means sky, mm -hmm. and like just so much different shit here. And like seeing Sakurai just talk about it, like it brought me so much joy. And like if you look at reactions online, there's people screaming. There's other people fucking crying as well. Like, my two favorite ones are Good Vibes Gaming, because, um, I don't know if you guys ever know about them. They're ex-Game Explain guys, and literally, they're doing the announcement, and there was about, I think, five of them there. Well, like, literally, one of them, when he, when Mario's grabbing the fire, he literally says, like, yeah, Ash, who's, who's, like, the biggest Kingdom Hearts fan there. He's like, yeah, Ash, I don't think this is Sora at all. And Ash is all like, yeah, I don't think so either, but this is still gonna be great. And then we see the keychain, and Ash freaks the fuck out. So can you pause the video here too as well? Like this, I think this is important, no doubt. I'll get to it in a minute, but... Yeah. Ash freaks the fuck out, and he's screaming in his apartment. And I'm like there with him, like, holy sh... He's like, holy <laughs> shit, it's fucking happening. Holy shit! And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? This is actually happening. And then another reaction I want to call out real quick, Roger's base. Oh my god, he... He, he does, like, one of the best Nintendo uh, reactions ever, like, out of, out of all of them, like... He screams. He gets so excited for everything. Like his enthusiasm is like really great. These and like older, he was screaming like, usually, like all freaking out, like like little yeah. kids. And I think that's what's really powerful about this man. Like just the amount of collaboration and fan service that's been doled out over the years for this game is is truly incredible, man. Yeah, and then in here in the video, Sakurai mentions that when they did the Smash Ballot six years ago for 3DS and Wii U. He mentions, so you can keep playing the video now, he mentions that Sora was the, num the number one pick overall, and like, this, this, it just shows to you, like, Sora, and it happened when Awada was still alive too, and like, the only reason they didn't show the results back then was because they didn't want people, like, harassing companies for, like, because if the character wasn't in, people will go to the companies and be like, why didn't you let this character in? And like, like he says here, like, Sora took a lot of cooperation to get involved. Like, this has been been years in the making. Yeah. And so, like, the fact that Sora is number one is so poetic because he's number one in the ballot, and he's the, the final fighter that we're fucking getting. Like, just, just to say, like, this is fucking poetic and, like, this is fucking excitement is an understatement because, like, goddamn, like, I'm just in fucking awe. Like, like Sakurai just mm. said right now, like, I can't, but I can't fucking believe this happened, man. Like I'm fucking. Oh my god! Like this, this, this is Sora was my number one character that I never thought would get in. I want and that poster. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and like he based him off Kingdom Hearts Sora. Um, I think Gaff is having tech problems, unfortunately. Hopefully, he can get back in here soon. Yeah. Um. But uh.
I'm just, I'm just looking through this article right now by Cage13 by uh, shout out to uh, Orpheus Joshua. He has like the rundown of all the announcements here. Yeah. Um, obviously, this Sora is based off Kingdom Hearts 1 Sora, but if you continue the video like a couple minutes in, he also has like his Kingdom Hearts 2 outfit, his Kingdom Hearts 3D outfit, his Kingdom Hearts 3 outfit, and then his Timeless River outfit from Kingdom Hearts 2. And like, there's just. Sakurai puts so much love into this character. I'm, I'm fucking here for mm-hmm. it, man. So yeah, welcome back after some technical difficulties. But uh, I was mostly just saying, like, if Sora wasn't the final Smash character, who who should it have been? Because I've seen some people on the internet be like, oh man, Sora is like the easy pick. And I'm like, but was he really? Because I feel like, uh, like maybe Master Chief or Crash or like Ryu Hayabusa from Ninja Gaiden would be this easier pick, to be honest. Like, and, like, I feel like Sora is the perfect end to Smash Ultimate because, obviously, Sakurai said he's the most wanted character in the ballot. And, like, even in, like, the fan ballots that people do, like, on Twitter every now and then, Sora is consistently number one for USA and Japan. And then Europe is number two. And I feel like if you did Crash or Master Chief, I feel like the Japanese market doesn't really care about those two characters. And, like, I feel like Sora is, like, the overall fan favorite character worldwide. To get added into Smash, you know. He yeah, had, I he, think. Oh, yeah, sorry. go ahead, Gaff. No, go ahead. I agree that Sora is the best of both worlds because Kingdom Hearts, like in of itself, is a whole Japanese game with a lot of Western elements in it. And by elements, I mean like literal Disney characters and yeah. And so, so yeah, can on. you pause right there real quick? I think just the renders go back. A yeah, yeah. Bit. Let me go back just a few seconds here. Uh, there, right. Uh, you can leave it there. It was, it was a couple seconds ahead, but it's fine. Go, uh, go ahead, Gaff. Um, so, so yeah, if you if you really want if you really want a celebration in gaming, and make like smashes both audiences like super happy, then Sora is definitely the the correct choice. I would say, no matter how much you want Master Chief or the Tetris block, um, I think this was this is the a good decision, especially because uh, Kingdom Hearts is more of a kid-friendly franchise versus Master Chief, so it, it's more realistic. Despite all like the hurdles that Sora, I mean not Sora, that Sakurai had to overcome to get him and him in this game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's impressive, right? You finally you did it, you you madman. Um, yeah, so much licensing things. Yeah, yeah, licensing hell. Um, obviously. There's no Disney representation in here. The only thing is the keychain on Sora's Keyblade is the only thing Disney here. But, like, if you look at the trademark, it does mention Disney in there, so there is that. But, like, I don't know how far... I don't want to really go into his moveset because it's going to be a lot to go over. But I I want you to, like, to go ahead when he's showing off the stage because the stage is so fucking perfect, man. And, like, the costumes here, I love the fucking renders. Like, I love how he got all the game... All the, like, the different outfit changes for Sora. That's, like... If if I if it was just basic recolors, I would have been disappointed. But I I love that he has the each game's individual outfits, and then um he has the t- yeah. So you can just pause here. Well, I'll get to it. Then he has the timeless river, which I actually I guess that'd be a Disney representation because that's a steamboat Willie kind of uh, callback. And then um he has like valor form and wisdom form from Kingdom Hearts two, which I feel like are a nod to Donald and Goofy because. For those who don't play Kingdom Hearts, um, in Kingdom Hearts 2, Sora can, like, augment his abilities by using his friend's power. So, Valor form, he would, like, use Goofy's power and then wi- to, like, be more melee-focused. And then Wisdom form, he would use Donald's power to be more magic-focused. So, I like, that's a little callback there, I like. And then he had his ultimate form from Kingdom Hearts 3, which is basically, like, in Kingdom Hearts 3, instead of using his friend's powers, his Keyblades transform. And the best Keyblade in the game, the ultimate weapon... Is what causes the is what causes the ultimate form and holy shit is that form fucking broken and I fucking love it. <laughs> but anyways, about the uh, enough about the like the costumes and stuff. The stage fucking perfect. Like this is um, I'm also hearing a little bit of echo from you, uh, Sam or not Sam Steven. Okay. Yeah, like Hollow Bastion. I'm still hearing it. A tiny bit of echo. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Hollow Bastion. 
is the fucking perfect stage to put because it's a central like area and uh, world in Kingdom Hearts where in Kingdom Hearts one it kind of serves as like the second to last dungeon where a lot of the uh, like stuff begins to like ramp not ramp up but like a lot of this of the, that's like it kind of signifies the start of the end game and a, a lot of shit happens here and like Sakurai says here it, it was fucking it was a really difficult in that in Kingdom Hearts one. But then it, it comes back in Kingdom Hearts 2 as a Radiant Garden because that's how it was originally. And it's like, it kind of serves as like the um, the hub area. So like, you want to pause it here real quick? Yeah. Again, sorry. Just yeah. a lot of pauses. And I, want, like, I want to detail a lot of this stuff here. And so Hollow Bastion, um, it, it's like a, it serves as like a hub area in Kingdom Hearts 2. It's like a place you'll constantly go back to because um, when the story demands it and stuff like that. So there's that. Um, and then he, like, he was, like, going deep into lore, because it used to be called Radiant Garden in Burst by Sleep, which is the prequel, and then it got taken over by the darkness, and became Hollow Bastion, which Maleficent and the Disney bad guys use and stuff in Kingdom Hearts 1, and then it started to get, it started to, the Final Fantasy characters started to rebuild it into Radiant Garden in Kingdom Hearts 2, and stuff like that, so, it's, it's a very important place in Kingdom Hearts lore, but then the fucking best part about the stage is that it transforms. Like, I think he said, like, when the match is, like, at the final stock or something like that. It transforms to the fucking best shit. The dive to the heart areas in the Kingdom Hearts series. So, yeah, if you keep playing now, the dive to the heart is basically, like, tutorial areas in Kingdom Hearts. But, like, they're, like, basically, like, the inside of, like, your heart in Kingdom Hearts where it kind of shows, like, your deepest hearts, like, um... Your heart's like deepest. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, like the pure, the pure. I, I don't know how to explain. It. Like it'll, if it was like psychonauts, it would be like what your heart represents, basically. So they have one for like each of the main characters here, and I fucking love it because obviously, obviously in Sora's one in the original games, Donald the Goofy is there, and they had to replace it in here because there's no Disney stuff. But yeah, I fucking I in here is just the best callback because every every main character has like their own like um stained glass kind of background it's fucking great and i and like in kingdom hearts one it's the tutorial area where you're fighting in sora's die to the heart and you have a boss fight there and it ends there and it's fucking great one of the final bosses in dream drop not dream drop um and burst by sleep takes place in there it's just fucking great like i love so much about this i love sakurai for doing all the work in here i love it sakurai you're a fucking madman mm. indeed and then, um a few, a little bit more. I want to point out, like the smallest fucking details he has. Like I don't, I don't know where. If you go forward in, like he's he's playing a match, and like at the match end, and hope hopefully you can find it. And yeah, if you just scroll a bit more, like towards like the end of the match, basically where, where um, okay, a little a little more, yeah. So first of all, right here, the slowdown. That's a fucking Kingdom Hearts reference because when you defeat a boss, like the entire game slows down. There's like the, the little sound effect that does there, and like the screen goes white. I fucking love that detail, man. The fact that they like, managed I, to like alter the gameplay there, right? Like, yeah, and they did it before with a couple other characters, sure, like Joker. But... If you finish the game with his final smash, it doesn't do the victory run he does. It just does it on the all-out attack ending, and it's fucking great. Um. I also love here that he fucking did these Cloud and Sephiroth when he was fighting them because they're in Kingdom yeah. Hearts as well. And Sephiroth is a fucking like super boss in that game. It's so fucking great. And then the song list here, um, it's okay, I guess. I, I kind of feel like this is... I feel like the reason we don't get much tracks and not a remake is because of licensing issues. So what songs would you have wanted then? So... Looking at the list here, this is all Kingdom Hearts 1 songs. And I would have loved stuff from like Kingdom Hearts 2 and like later on because there's a lot of banging tracks in the later games. Like in Chain of Memories, there's Lord of the Castle. In 358 Days, there's Vector to the Heavens. Um, like there's just so much I can fucking list off. It's ridiculous. Like maybe um, one of the Kingdom Hearts. Rocks is his theme, obviously, when you're fighting him in Kingdom Hearts 2. Just so much shit. I would have liked, but I just attribute that to licensing issues because, um, a, a little off from Smash here, the reason the King, 
Um, the Kingdom Hearts games, they weren't on a digital release until the remasters on PS4, surprisingly. Like, they were, you could not get that game digitally until it came to PS4, and I figured that was licensing issues due to this, the main song, Simple and Clean, because right. um, there was just licensing issues with that song for the longest time. And now that they, I feel like they finally got around to that, thankfully, so... But I feel like there's still issues with that since it's not even in Smash at all. So there's, so even though we did get Sora, there's there's still some stuff that we couldn't get, you know. But I'm still happy with it. I'm not really like, oh man, wish they. I, I'm fucking mad that they have fast Sora. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm fucking, I'm fucking happy with this shit, man. Now, how do you feel about that song you can get if you have saved data in that Kingdom Hearts Rhythm game? I, I, I didn't buy. I didn't have the rhythm game till now. I fucking bought it just oh for that. Oh my god! I didn't you, I, I was like, well, I didn't, I didn't I know, buy the right? rhythm game. I was like, well, might as well get it fucking now. I'll, I will fucking get it, man. Man, you gonna play I'm through it? Is the real question. I am playing through it actually. Damn. Damn. Yeah. It knows my bounds. Because <laughs> I, from what I heard, that game was just like a recap game where it recaps the stuff that happens. Like only the ending's important. So. I looked at the ending and I was like, okay. But then they were like, hey, save data. Buy that shit. And I'm like, sold. <laughs> and I bet that was a Square Enix thing too, to be honest. It must have been. Like, sell them like, on this game. Upsell, upsell. Upsell, upsell. So, and then one more thing. Just go to the end, the very end of the trailer, the video, where the shot of, of Sora and Mario shaking hands. Where is uh, it? Like towards yeah, the that, variant because they did an extended trailer. That is a that is a goat tier. Is it right here? Uh, I think you can play it from here. Yeah, right here. You can play it from here. Okay. And I, I love this shot because it represents that Sora's traveling through the worlds like he does in Kingdom Hearts. Man. Yeah, that was super cool love. cut. I love that cut. And then right here, pause, pause it right there. Go back. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, let's let's get that. Let's frame that a little bit. Wait, did it? Okay, let me see if I can get it the second time here. It was quick. It was a quick thing. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> uh, a little more. A little more. Uh, a little more. Right okay, there. there we go. <laughs> That's the fucking money shot of the trailer right there, man. Dude, look at that. Can I get a poster of that? Man. Honestly, money shot of the year. Like, I, I know we're going long on the Kingdom Hearts stuff, but like... I figured as much. I... If you told me years ago, like, oh yeah, King, uh, Smash Bros. is gonna have Sora from Kingdom Hearts, it's gonna have fucking um, Steve, Steve from, from Minecraft, Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna have Banjo Kazooie, it's gonna have fucking Sephiroth, I would have been like, you're a Sonic, fucking crazy. Sonic Get the out Hedgehog, here. like, yeah, exactly. That. I would like, I would have been like, you're crazy. Get the fuck out of here. But like, no, this shot right here represents Smash as a whole. And it's just the perfect send off to ultimate. Like, and like when you think about it, Sora like represents Disney and all that baggage, and you, you have him shaking hands with Mario, who is the face of Nintendo. Disney uh, and Nintendo. The Disney, Disney <laughs> Nintendo is the Disney of video games, basically. Yeah, that's like almost ask like any person you know. Like two out of three times, their childhood would include Disney and Nintendo. So that that is massive. Those are two empires colliding. Mm. But yeah, I, fucking wow. Before before I move <laughs> on to the, I, there is more Kingdom Hearts after. But before I move on to that, Smash Brothers, where does it go from here now? Like ports, you, ports, yeah. But ports, yes, obviously. But like, you can't top Ultimate, like. What do they do for the next new Smash Brothers game? Here's the thing. Do they have a new one? I don't think they do. See, but like, I feel like they do. I feel like it's Nintendo's biggest, one of Nintendo's biggest franchises, and I feel like the next one has to be a reboot of something, a reboot, a reimagining something, because they can't top Ultimate. They're not going to do this again. All those rights are going to be hard to get back. Maybe a whole new cast. Maybe they do like a whole Dark Knight gritty reboot and just <laughs> make like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Man, it's gonna be tough. But I feel like the next Smash game is gonna be years from now though, because like yeah, I feel it's like gonna the be the Smash Four to Ultimate was kind of short, but like yeah. from 
from Melee to Brawl was long, and from Brawl to Smash 4 was long, I feel like we're it's going to be a while until we see a new Smash, a new Smash for this game. It's going to be the new Mario Kart 8, where I can't see, legitimately, a new Mario Kart for a long time. I can't see another Smash for a very, very long time. Yeah. And, like, I kind of hope they put out, like, an like a Smash Brothers Ultimate Ultimate bundle where it's, like, all bundled in the cart because I, f- I, don't, I don't want this DLC characters digitally. I want these physically because when that Nintendo eShop for the Switch eventually goes down in years, I want that preserved. I want Sora and Smash preserved. I want fucking Sephiroth, Banjo, Steve. I want all that preserved, man. Maybe with the Switch Pro eventually... Or the next iteration, they'll do a an upresing or whatever, and they'll include all the DLC, and you'll pay sixty yeah, bucks for it again. Yeah. For sure. But uh, I'm just gonna blow through the rest of this because I know I've been talking about this for the <laughs> longest it's, time. You still have Metroid Dread to talk about. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, weirdly enough, in the present, Sakurai dropped the announcement like, "Hey, the Kingdom Hearts games are coming to Nintendo Switch," and I was like, "Oh shit, really?" But then. There was the caveat of it being the cloud versions only. And I thought during the presentation, I was like, oh, that's just Kingdom Hearts 3, right? Nope, it's all of them. So then, just real quick, Steven's going to play this quick, like, two-minute trailer for the Kingdom Hearts, of related to Kingdom Hearts. Um, after, the Sma- after the Sakurai Presents, Square Enix put out a trailer stating that, hey, the Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary is here. And, like, I found it so fitting that they waited till Smash, because... Sora in King in Smash was the first announcement of the 20th anniversary. Like it's so fucking beautiful. But like yeah, so they put in the Kingdom Hearts games are coming to Switch cloud version. Kingdom Hearts Dark Road, which is a mobile game, it's ending this winter. So I'm gonna be playing that because they're gonna release it all. Because they did is they stopped um, developing it around like I think it was like May or March, one of the two. They stopped adding adding stuff to it, so they're just gonna they're they're just gonna they're just gonna um can finish the whole game, and hopefully it's not like a fucking like one update worth. I, I I'm feeling like it's gonna be like a longer, uh, like more like a mobile game length kind of um update. They're gonna drop that all at once, and it's gonna be single player only. It's not gonna have like any gotcha shit, like the past mobile game did. Right. Um. And they also stated like they're gonna have more stuff coming out soon for the 20th anniversary. They also have some merchandise going on here. But uh yeah. Also, I fucking realized like a lot of anniversaries happening too. Like we have Persona's 25th, we have Kingdom Hearts, we have fucking Xboxes coming up. Um I know there's a lot more than that too, but it's like, damn, year of anniversaries, man. It is. Nostalgia year- is definitely in play here for this year. Yeah. The year 2001 was a big year for. Can you pause here real quick at the 20th anniversary logo? I can't fucking believe it's the 20th fucking anniversary. I remember when it was the fucking 15th anniversary with the 3DS game. <laughs> I'm just like, what? The 20th anniversary already? What the fuck? Yeah. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't. You know, when you're a kid, you're like, man, I hope I live to be this old to see this, right? Yeah. yeah I exactly. didn't think I would ever that see this me. or that this would even be a thing. Like, I was like that. I was like, man, I hope like this is like a weirdly morbid thing, but I'm like, man, <laughs> I have to live for Kingdom Hearts three. I have to see that finish. Mm-hmm. Did you live up and to I it? Did. <laughs> I mean, it, I wouldn't I say know, it's the best topic, in the series, yeah. but like, I'm still looking. For, like, I was talking about it at, Sam, at Sam yesterday after we finished Halo Explorer, but like, I was like, yeah, I was like, before Kingdom Hearts three came out, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna probably hop off of Kingdom Hearts three or off of Kingdom Hearts one three without. But uh, no, 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 no. They arguably more questions than answers. And I'm like, shit, Namora, you got me in your fucking wild ride. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's hard to say. I don't know where they would go from there. But this is really yeah. cool, like, to see this kind of anniversary. This is the 20th for this and the 20th for <sighs> Xbox, correct? Yeah. I believe, I believe so. Yeah, right. That would, yeah. That would make, yeah. And, so, crazy, and therefore also Halo. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait. But I, what? I just want to fucking call this out. Come on. Why fucking cloud versions, man? No. I would have fucking bought these games over if they weren't cloud versions. Are they, well, it's a lazy port. That's what it is. 
And like know? I was watching, I was listening to um a podcast last yesterday with, who actually has an actual like developer on it, and like the P. Okay, so the Kingdom Hearts remasters has like a weird story because when they remade them for PS3, they lost the source code for Kingdom Hearts 2 originally, so they had to remake the entire game over again. For um, I believe, so I believe, so I believe. Instead of PS2 versions, they're now PS3 versions, which the remakes are, which is weird. And then the PS4 versions didn't immediately come to PS4. It took a while for them to come out. Like, I believe they were the last things to be released on, before Kingdom Hearts 3. And then, I believe Xbox paid for the Xbox ports. So, like, so the only, development, the that's only, why they're there? Yeah, so the only thing I can think of is that either Nintendo didn't want to pay them for this, or Square did want to do native ports, but it might have just taken too long for the call for the for the too long, and they probably wouldn't have made as much money off of it. Because you can get the entire Kingdom Hearts saga for twenty bucks on PS4 at this point, so I feel like they probably would have sold it for full price on Switch, and people would be like. Why would I buy it on Switch if I can get it for cheaper on PS4, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, well portable, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, like Nintendo fans will buy three Mario games for $80 when we can get it for free on any PC. Yeah. But man, like, the, the high in the Kingdom Hearts fucking smash, and then the low for the cloud versions, like, Square Enix, come on. The Final Fantasy Pixel remasters and now this, like, come on. Man. I, they're not on the right track in terms of that. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a different discussion entirely. But I, I just don't think that they. Uh, do they think that that's an acceptable port? Is my question, right? Like. Yeah, I feel like. Because they all they had to do here, and I don't develop games, but it seems like all they would have to do here is give access to a cloud server to play off of some PC hardware, I'm sure. Like, and granted, that's probably more tech and uh, involvement than I would realize, but I, I still feel it's much more lazy than actually porting it to the Switch. Yeah, I feel like they could have done it if they wanted to, because we have yeah. Witcher 3, we have fucking Doom Eternal, right. we have Skyrim, we have all those games on the, natively on the Switch. So, I just think it's a it's a thing of not lazy devs maybe. but a cheap publisher ready, ready for this one eric maybe they were dreading development uh, yeah, and on that end let's go like, over that's to metroid dread impressions <laughs> i know i know i went over kingdom Hearts a lot but if if it's sam important. was here to bounce off of me it would have been probably a lot better and shorter but like <laughs> i just fucking love like i said persona 5 is my favorite game but yeah. Kingdom Hearts is my favorite series. I grew up with that series, man. But, uh... Metroid! <laughs> yeah, let me, let me get a breather. I just had all that fucking energy. I know, for right? Um, like, yeah, so then, let me map for you. So, Metroid, I, I am really excited about this. I can't wait to play it, man. From everything that I've seen... I, it seems seems like another Super Metroid, right? Like, why, why break the formula? Um, I, like, um... Tell I us finished about what's it different, before, I guess, first, maybe. Yeah. Well, I finished it just before the podcast um, recorded. And um, I, I want to show you my, like, my completion data, I guess, here. Let me just boot it up real quick. Because I have it here just for that purpose. So it says here that... Uh, over here, maybe? Uh, right there. There we go. So I, I finished with about eight, minute, 8 hours and 13 minutes with about 56% of the items completed. Now, yeah. there's a catch to that to that uh, completion time because from what I'm hearing on the internet it only counts actual gameplay so it doesn't count when you're in the menus and if you die it sends you back to the latest checkpoint or save point and I guess it deletes that save time that you had in between so really so it's a little it's a little whack weird in how they calculate game time so it says I had it like about eight hours and 13 minutes I felt like it was longer than that. I felt like it was more like about 10 hours, maybe, around there and that I had. Yeah. Just a I heads like up. Keep for, on sorry, for audio listeners, we've got some some gameplay going on while you're talking here, too. Yeah. But uh, other... And then... So, 
there's only one criticism I have of the game, and that is that the map feels a little like when you're looking at it, it feels a little cluttered. Like I'm gonna load into here now in like the first in just the first area. It's not gonna be really spoilers or nothing. I'm gonna show you like how the map looks, cause like it while it's loading up and doing that, um I, I do feel like that this is map wise, this is like the biggest Metroid game since Super Metroid. And like like it, it feels huge and it's not at all linear like how how Metroid Fusion was how Zero Mission was, how Samus Return was. Like, you're going to be bouncing around from the different areas a lot. And, like, there are no waypoints whatsoever besides one you can mark down in your own map. The game does not tell you at all where to go. It does not hold your hand at all. And I actually like that. Um, I hate that. <laughs> no, I, like, I, I, I will admit there was, like, two points where I got lost. I'd be like, huh, where the heck do I got to go? But then, um... You kind of, you kind of like figure out like where like how the how it works and stuff like you gradually get your upgrades. Um, I do feel like you kind of there are some points where you do get upgrades like pretty quickly in between each other. So let me see. Like okay, so I'm just gonna look at this map here. This looks pretty big, and this is just the first yeah. area. Oh wow! This okay. is just yeah. It's like very complicated. Oh, my Joy Cons are drifting upwards. What a surprise. Um, <laughs> but uh, I feel like the icons are kind of like really. So you can just see there's like a lot. I'm zooming in a bit right here. Yeah. There's like a lot of different icons. There's like icons for the um, the items you can find. There's like teleport locations. There's save point locations. Um, I feel like. I f to me, I feel like if you got an item, it should just be off the map. What it does is that once you get the item, the icon's still on the map, but just slightly faded out. But I feel like sometimes it doesn't, it's not as, it's not as faded out as it should be because it still looks very similar to an icon of an item that you haven't gotten yet. And so that's really my only criticism is that the map does feel a little cluttered. So it does feel like a little hard to figure out where you like what items you are missing and where you have to go but Ooh, other this than this that is similar to other to other metroids correct uh what do you mean by that like uh, so um the map layout is very very reminiscent of all the other ones so um but as far as like the icons did they go away in the previous ones when you got them so they didn't go away but from what i in super Met i think in super metroid at least and in fusion i recall correctly the icons were just like dots on the map. Yeah. And then when you got them, they were like hollowed out dots. So it was more, like more distinct. It was like, okay, that dot is hollowed out. That means I already got that. Mm -hmm. They weren't huge icons in the map. And like, obviously, the map here, it tells you exactly what the item is. Like, oh, it's a missile tank. In Super Metroid and the other games, it didn't tell you exactly what the item was, you know? Yeah. It makes it hard so, to get that 100%, really, when, you, when you're going to, to, like, find all the secrets and hidden items to get, which is what I like to do. I like to do the 100% runs, because I'm a madman. Yeah. Um, but it always made it really difficult to keep track of which one I got where. And even in the older ones, it made it harder, like I'm saying. But um, So that seems even more frustrating, though. Yeah, but it's not really... I mean, you can get used to it eventually. It's just sure. that... When you're starting off, it does feel a bit overwhelming. Like, you're like, um, you're just like, okay, uh, where do I have to go? Because it, it, you, you do see the doors and stuff on the map, too. You see, like, the special doors, like, oh, I need this item so I can open this door. You do see that on the map. And, like, when you're trying to look up where to go, it does get a little confusing when yeah. you have all those icons there. Like, I wish there was, like, an option to filter them out. I'm gonna try to find another thing of the map here. Cause you, if you hover over an icon, you can like highlight it, and like it'll highlight the rest of them too. But it's still like a little weird because it doesn't filter out the rest of the icon. So there's that. Um, but other than that, like control wise, like the controls are, ooh, they are fine. They are hmm. precise. They they feel crisp is the word I'm looking for. They are so. Samus moves so like fluid, it's ridiculous. Like you can go from 
a charge shot into a into a somersault flip into a slide into a counter so easily and like little bit of spoilers i guess but like at the start you don't have the morph ball so you go the only way to get under surfaces is to slide and so but when later on you get the morph ball you you can slide into morph ball and it's like so smooth and like it keeps up your momentum and it feels so so good man like like you saw there in the video like she just did a slide mm -hmm. and like wall jumping is a lot easier to do in this game than like past metroids especially super metroid like wall jumping in super metroid was like a thing that like that was like a pro move in this game it's just super easy to pull off real easy now this the only downside to that is that you can't wall jump off the same wall back to back uh, so you have to bounce from wall to wall yeah this this game looks great man um oh it's great yeah you want, you want to talk um, about the graphics a little bit versus like maybe the last entry samus returns right yeah so obviously from going from 3ds to switch big improvement because like you know the switch or 3ds was like a small 240p handle i believe i don't remember the exact resolution but um i don't know the exact right. resolution this game is running at it's but nine sixteen hundred by 900p is that for dread for dread okay that's not too bad um the frame like rate is mostly smooth most of the time there are, have been a few drops but nothing nothing game breaking it's only like when like a, a lot of effects are happening at once um there, it, it does hitch a bit during the loading screens, but that doesn't affect gameplay, really. Uh, um, i trying to think what else I can talk about gameplay-wise. I guess a downside would be is that you can't remap controls, so accessibility-wise, it would kind of suck. But um, you can remap it on the Switch home screen natively, I guess, but... Oh man, that's like that's like hard thing to balance, you know, because that's something like I wouldn't really know too much about because I usually just stick to default controls for most games. Um, is there anything else you want me to talk about? I mean, Obviously, the, the I mean, how hard is it? And how, how hard? It is, hard? Yeah. Okay, so soundtrack, not really, not really too many memorable tracks. Samus's theme is like the most is the one where I'm like, oh shit, yeah. This is this is the best one. Like like if you guys watch the kind of funny interview, I do agree with Timor. Um the soundtrack really isn't the strongest suit. It's forgettable. Dang. Not really too much there. Yeah. But the sound design for like when Samus is like shooting to like the like the noises she does, it's great. Um recommend playing with headphones would be for sure. Difficulty. This game will kick your ass for sure. <laughs> I do think this is the hardest Metroid game. Um, I like to hear that. So regular <laughs> regular enemies are fine. It's the bosses and the Emmys that'll kick your asses because the Emmys like the robots, you know. Um, you you gotta run from them. You you cannot fight them until a specific point, and and even then they they are still a threat. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because if they catch you, there is a very, very difficult small chance window of being able to counter them to get let free. But they change up that timing every so often, and so you you really cannot consistently get the timing for that. So <laughs> that ad you yeah. saw there. Um, but yeah, if if you are fighting an Emmy, you gotta run. And like they're not scary, but it's fucking tense. Where like there was a moment where I was running from them and like a little bit of spoil a little bit of spoilers, I think they showed this in the trailers. You get like a cloaking ability where if you use it they can't see you. There was a moment where I was running for my fucking life and I my my energy for the cloaking ability was not full yet and you can only use abilities when they're full. And like at the last second it became full and I evaded the Emmy because it was like literally a hair inch next to me and I was like, oh my god. I was like, fuck, my heart was like, oh, fuck, man. Here, let me, I think I have, like, a small video reference of that real quick. Uh, yeah, so, what we see here, this is the first enemy, this is this one's kind of scripted, like, you're gonna kill this one easily. 
But the other ones, they are no pushover. You gotta, you gotta be on top of it. And like the Emmys, they're only in like specific areas. And like the areas, they're actually pretty bigger than I thought they would have been. Because when they said areas, I thought they would be just like oh one big room. Yeah. But it's actually like multiple rooms with like different paths each. And like the Emmys, their AI, not gonna lie, it's pretty good sometimes because hmm. they there was one there was one part I remember where. I went through a door and like I thought it would like go through the same door I did, but instead it went around another door to try to get behind me and I, I wasn't expecting it and it caught me. I was like, oh shit, this thing actually fucking became smart and like caught me. Yeah. So there's and, that. So you could run into a dead end and it would get you because you didn't yeah, familiar. Exactly. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, so so overall take what I mean if you had to give it like a rating one versus the other ones and then maybe maybe out of five we'll say uh five being out the five? worst yeah oh okay so five so it's not like five out of five where well, if you want to yeah if you want to do five out of five I, either I, way I, I, I thought you meant like rating like oh like nine out of ten or something yeah, like that because i was still like not like i would say it's up there nine nine point seven five out of ten i think because yeah. <laughs> I think if the map and the music were better, then yeah, that would get that perfect ten. Cause this this game is fucking good. I I do think I I oh man, I don't know. Like I feel like if you're nostalgic for Super Metroid, then Super Metroid would be better. But I think these two are tied for top two for sure. Dude, that makes me excited to play it. Honestly, uh, Dread is really, is really good, and I feel like um. Yeah, the game doesn't hold your hand at all, and I feel like, man, I don't know if it was me or not, but I got the various suit really early on, and I was like, huh, kind of weird that I got it this early because it's normally like a more midway kind of suit you get, and I'm like, did I sequence break? I don't know because the game doesn't hold your hand. I'm like, I don't know if I if I if I was supposed to get it this early or not. Yeah, but if I, if 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 so, that's fucking still pretty cool, and then. I saw ways that people were fighting bosses, and like one of the first bosses in the game, you can almost insta kill if you get the the morph ball bombs early. And I didn't know that. I I just saw like a video of it today that someone got the bombs early, and they killed like the boss like almost immediately. And I was like, holy shit, this game's fucking cool. <laughs> I didn't have that item when I was fighting that boss. I fought the boss normally. Uh. So you you weren't sure if like if it was supposed to be that way, but I wonder if that's maybe a, yeah. a telling like, sign of the development for that. Like, but the thing is, there was a cutscene specifically if you had that item, and it was fucking. I was like, I was like, holy shit! They actually thought of it. They actually thought of like, okay, what if these players get the bomb early? Maybe we should have like a little cutscene shown that if they get it early, it, that we acknowledge that hey, we we put that in there. That see, they didn't have that's to go to that, and that's pretty cool. That's yeah, kind of very, very cool. Um, a lot of advanced movements too, like you know the shine sparking. Like I think it's easier to pull off in here than Super Metroid, but like there are some puzzles where you need shine sparking to be like precise. Hmm. And I was like looking at them, I was like, holy shit, how the fuck can anyone do this? And I was like looking at videos on like IGN had like a. I like oh the toughest puzzles and puzzles in Metroid Dread. And I was like, how the fuck did they do that? That seems crazy. But uh, and surprisingly, the story in here like, I, I, Metroid's obviously not a story based uh, game, but like in the beginning they have like a nice recap video telling you like hey like here's the story so far, and then like there was like a couple cutscenes where I'm like oh shit this is actually pretty badass, and like. The ending cutscene is like, on, like it, when you get to the end, you're gonna be like, "Holy shit, this actually fucking happened!" A lot more story in a Metroid game than I honestly saw. Yeah, I I think it's really surprising to see like this still hold weight, right? And this still um, being an important franchise for people uh, this far in and. Coming from someone who's like started with um, basically fusion, right, is where I really got into it. It's really cool to see them finally, finally get to this point after what uh, 
I think the announcement proper was like over 15 years ago or something like for yeah, this so, installment. So Metroid Dread is the f is the f the n the first new Metroid game in over like 19 years, not counting remakes like um Samus Returns and Zero Mission. Yeah. Uh, for closing, Gaff, are you interested to play this game now that you've heard Eric's thoughts? I was interested before he <laughs> even talked about all this. It's like, I told you guys, um, like, privately before, there's just so much stuff to buy. There is. And I, I can't afford a sixth game that I want. <laughs> However, like, after talking about Battlefield today with you, I mean, give it like a week or so, I may... I may not buy Battlefield right. and just buy Metroid instead. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was excited for Metroid, but I wasn't expecting to be, like, enjoying it this much. And, like, after I beat the game, it was like, hey, you unlocked hard mode. And I was like, that wasn't hard mode? So, like, oh, I want to no. go back. <laughs> I either want to go back and, and, like, get a better time or just play through hard mode. Because this game was really fun. I like this game. That's and, like, because, like, now... Do you know how Metroid games are like after you played it once you like know what's going on so you can like get a faster time and stuff like that. I mean, you feel that drive yeah. to go back though. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't That's feel it for the other games that I played this year because I was like, ah, oh, I'm just playing these to lead up to Metroid Dread, but like now that I finished Dread, I want to go back for more. For awesome. sure. Dude, glowing reviews from our pal Eric here. And to close out, we were going to do a topic, but I want to send you guys off with some homework here. Um we're, so I want you to think about uh, white lies and things, little things that your parents told you growing up. Um, say, oh, you make that face is going to stay there too long, or um, well, if you step on a crack, you break your mom's back kind of thing. I want you guys to think about that as we go into the next episode and how we'll do it. Well, a little bit of homework, and we'll come back with our short answers for the next episode. Um, uh, as to one of our examples here you listening at home if you want your examples read on air uh for those kind of things uh, and how they maybe affect your life going forward and your decisions for things i think it's an interesting concept uh but i think we'll save it for next time for for homework check-in and that's going to do it for us this week. I know we went sort of long, but it was a good week for news, I feel like, and some good reviews there. But uh, you can keep up with us, X to interact underscore, uh, all the things going on. I want to plug Halo Explored. Uh, it's a series we've been working on. We just finished recording the third episode for Halo 3. Um, it's YouTube only, and Eric's put some amazing work into it gaff here's the lore master and walks us through the stories of each one so you can get kind of caught up before halo infinite we will have one releasing i believe on an every other week cadence um yes up until the release of halo infinite so be sure to check that out look at our socials for all the news on that and until next time i've been steven here with gaff see ya and Eric. Run from it. Dread from it. Metroid still stands. Run to your nearest game. Have a good weekend and week, everyone. We'll see you next time.